Tackling your business's finance to-dos can be daunting enough without being slowed down by QuickBooks. More like slow books. NetSuite by Oracle is the number one financial system, no matter how big your business grows. With visibility and control of your financials, inventory, HR, e-commerce, and more, NetSuite is everything you need to grow. All in one place. Special financing is back. NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind financing program only for those ready to switch today. Head to NetSuite.com slash C-Suite right now. That's NetSuite.com slash C-Suite. Are you ready for a change? A change is gonna do you good. Welcome to If God Had a Podcast. I'm Pavlina Asta. I started in radio when I was 11 years old interviewing celebrities, so I'm very excited for this new chapter. If God Had a Podcast is all about improving you for a better us. That's my plan. Welcome to If God Had a Podcast. I'm Pavlina Asta, and today we are talking about anxiety because we've all dealt with it on various levels, and we'll probably deal with it on some scale throughout life. So I really wanted to bring on Dr. David Carbonell, who is a clinical psychologist who specializes in treating anxiety. He is the author of four self-help books, Panic Attacks Workbook, The Worry Trick, uh, Fear of Flying Workbook, and Outsmart Your Anxious Brain, 10 Simple Ways to Beat the Worry Trick. He's also the coach on the popular self-help site where you can find his books, anxietycoach.com. He has taught workshops on treatment of anxiety disorders to more than 10,000 therapists in the U.S. and abroad, so no better person to talk to about anxiety than Dr. David. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast, Dr. David, how are you doing? I'm good, thanks. I'm good. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So I want to really dive into what's going on in your brain. I think a lot of people have experienced anxiety. They know the typical symptoms. You know, it's an intense, excessive, persistent worrying on something, you know, that's happening in everyday life. Um, you typically have rapid breathing, the fast heart rate. You know, there's a lot of signs that we all know anxiety. What is going on in our brains when we are experiencing anxiety? Uh, well, what's going on? Uh, first off, people might experience anxiety in, in slightly different flavors. They might be having anxiety about some catastrophe I think is going to happen right now, that my heart will give out, that I'll, I'll lose my mind, that I'll faint. Uh, they may be having anxiety about something that I think might isn't going to happen today, but what if in a week or a month it happens? Uh, the, the what if, what kind of worry? Uh, and what's going on in, in the person's brain is they're experiencing anxiety and they treat it like danger and they try to oppose the anxiety. They try and flee, flee the anxiety. They, they, they try and desperately stave it off. Uh, they, they try and fight it and avoid it in all kinds of ways. And unfortunately, the more you fight anxiety, the more you try and run away from anxiety, the more trouble you have. So people do what comes naturally. They follow their gut instinct, a million other kinds of problems. They oppose them and, and fix things for themselves. Here with anxiety, fighting's out of style. Fighting's going to give you more trouble. And, and, and that's the, 
uh, the, the, the central paradox that, that people experience with anxiety. The harder they try not to have it, the more trouble they have. Yeah, it's a lot to do with your thoughts, right? So when someone is experiencing anxiety, and you know, I think a lot of times, like I know for myself, I tend to be anxious about things I definitely don't need to be anxious about. So what is, like, is it, you know, are certain people more prone to anxiety, you know, because of their thoughts, maybe their, like their childhood, or, you know, they get embarrassed a lot. Like, what is it that, because I, I don't think I have a whole lot of reason to be anxious, you know what I mean? But yet I struggle with anxiety and I'm like, I don't know why. So what is, what, what is that? What is that? <laughs> well, this is the notion of an anxiety disorder. Uh, people having anxiety that, that seems all out of proportion to risk. Uh, right. and, and people have anxiety disorders for a variety of reasons. There, there's genetics involved that some people are better candidates to develop this by virtue of their genetic heritage. Uh, there, there's the, the role of influential uh, uh, early life events, which, which might be trauma, which might be uh, growing up in an overprotected fashion. Um, but for a variety of reasons, uh, some people are more susceptible to this kind of anxiety than others. Um, and, and that causes people a lot of confusion too. And, and this is the question people always ask, why do I have so much anxiety? Why me? Why here? Why now? Um, I think they keep asking those questions because they're afraid they're going to find out it's their fault. It's not their fault. Uh, these reasons, genetics and early life experiences, uh, that tell us why some people have so much trouble. These were in play long before the individual had anything to say about it. Um, but some people just will experience more anxiety than others. And that's the issue that they have in life to work with. I see. So, okay, you mentioned different anxiety disorders. What are some of those anxiety disorders and how can you kind of like pinpoint which ones you have so you can like best tackle it? Uh, well, uh, we have panic disorder, where an individual experiences repeated uh, outbursts of, of powerful physical fear, accompanied by all kinds of scary thoughts that uh, of catastrophe. So if, if my heart races, I might think I'm going to have a heart attack. And if I have, have some odd or peculiar thoughts or confusion, I might think I'm, I'm going crazy. And if I feel lightheaded and dizzy, I might think I'm about to collapse and faint. That, that's panic disorder. Uh, and people typically then begin avoiding a lot of situations. Any place where they might think they're going to have a panic attack, they'll try and avoid it. Um, related to panic disorder, but distinct from it, is social anxiety disorder. And that's basically where people panic only in those situations where there's people around who can see me. Uh, because if they see me, I think they're going to judge me and evaluate me and the judgment's going to be negative. So some people uh, develop all that anxiety only in situations where I got people who are looking at me, maybe in my class, um, maybe uh, in a movie theater where you have to be quiet and watch the movie, uh, maybe in church, but that's all about people are going to see there's something wrong with me. Uh, we have generalized anxiety disorder, which long story short, uh, this is principally where people are beset by all kinds of chronic worry, chronic what if anticipatory worry. Uh, they don't, doesn't rise to the occasion of a full body panic attack, but they're always beset by high levels of worry. Um, those are the, 
the, the principal ones, of course, there's all manner of specific phobias, fear of driving, fear of airplanes, fear of this or that. Um, but the, those are the, uh, the principal anxiety disorders. Absolutely. And in your book, uh, Outsmart Your Anxious Brain, 10 Simple Ways to Beat the Worry, what are some of those ways to outsmart our brains and to, to alleviate that, the anxiety feelings that we have? Well, uh, I'll, I'll give you the most powerful and, and surprising one first. Um, it's the rule of opposites. Okay. Uh, when I'm feeling strong anxiety, be it the symptoms of panic or, or the, the chronic what-if thoughts, uh, uh, rule of opposites tells us this, my gut instinct of what to do about the anxiety is almost always dead wrong. That chronic anxiety is a counterintuitive problem. And, and so if I'm up against a counterintuitive problem, well, then I want to do the opposite of my gut instinct. If, if you got a puppy, you get a new puppy today and you bring it home and it gets off the leash and it's running down the street, how are you going to get that puppy back? Uh, you might think I got to run after that puppy, but he's got four legs and you got two. That's not going to work so well. Uh, what would be the way to get the puppy back? Run away from the puppy and now he's going to chase you and play catch the owner. <laughs> uh, opposite of my gut instinct. The anxiety disorders all cry out for that opposite response. Right. Uh, so very basic uh, illustration of this when somebody's having a panic attack. Uh, they're often afflicted with short and shallow breathing. Their chest may hurt. Uh, they may feel lightheaded and dizzy because they're having so much trouble catching a breath of fresh air. Uh, and it often occurs to people to have the scary thought, I'm gonna run out of air. What if I can't breathe? Uh, what if I asphyxiate? I, I can't catch my breath. Uh, so what do they do? They see, I, I can't seem to catch a breath. They follow their gut instinct and they try harder. And they try and suck in and inhale even harder. And guess what happens? Their chest gets tighter. Uh, the breaths get smaller. Now, they'll get all the air they need to live, but it sure isn't going to feel comfortable. So right. what's the opposite of an inhale? Exhale. That's right. And that's where <laughs> it has to start. Your brain is screaming at you, screaming at you. Take a deep breath. Take a deep breath. But actually, it's going to work better if I give one away first. Absolutely. That's, that's the rule of opposites. I like it. I like it because I feel like, you know, normally they say trust your instincts, but when you're having anxiety, you know, attacks or, you know, you're going through some kind of anxiety, do the opposite, you know? So, and that's a very good point because I noticed that when I, you know, I'm struggling with anxiety or I'm being anxious about something, the first thing I do is like, okay, we need to like focus in, like, let's, let's do some breathing. Are there mm -hmm. certain breathing exercises that you would recommend? Cause I just do like the box breathing, breathing, I think is what it's called. Like seven in, you know, seven seconds out. Um, I'll do like some rapid fire ones that I've learned in yoga classes. Like there's so many different kinds out there, but is there a specific one maybe that is even better for anxiety or would really remind you to do the breathing exercise when you're struggling with anxiety? Well, I, I think the, the specific anxiety, uh, breathing, particularly for people with panic disorder and also generalized anxiety disorder, uh, is, as I say, to, to do the opposite. I'm going to start mm -hmm. with, not with an inhale, but with an exhale. I'm just going to sigh. Um, <laughs> it's the kind of sigh you might make if somebody told you something really annoying. Mm -hmm. and, and now having exhaled a little, I've relaxed some of the muscles of my upper body. Uh, and now I'm in a position to breathe more from my belly 
than from my chest. Uh, so I, I think that's really the, the, the key here. Uh, breathing during an episode of high anxiety, I'm going to sigh. I'm going to pause. And, and then I'm going to inhale through my nose by pushing my belly out. Uh, and what you'll find with, with people who are really anxious, they're desperately trying to pull the air in through their chest. And, and that's a real uncomfortable way to breathe. So we want to turn that around. Definitely, definitely. Um, I kind of want to go back to, you know, what we were just talking about really quick with, uh, you know, maybe it's your genetics, maybe it's your childhood that sort of, you know, prompted your anxiety. But for people that, you know, suffer from like chronic anxiety. I know a lot of people that, you know, they, they know it's anxiety. They know that they're suffering from an anxiety attack or even a panic attack. Um, like they know what's going on, but yet it still happens. Is that, is there another, is there something else to that? Or like, I, and I know it's also our thoughts. So I guess a, a way to like reword my question is how can I, how can myself and others Re, like almost rewire our brains or like retrain our thinking to not be so anxious? Well, uh, the way you, you retrain your brain, the way you retrain your thinking, uh, first and foremost is going to be by uh, acting differently. Mm -hmm. uh, you, you're going to go to your behavior to change the thinking. If you try and change your thinking uh, without acting differently, well, then you're basically just in the position of telling yourself to calm down. Uh, you're, you're in the position of kind of arguing with your thoughts. And, and we, we don't win those arguments. Uh, a person arguing with their thoughts, there's no more evenly matched contest on the planet than a person arguing with himself or herself. That, that's yeah. going to be a long drawn out tie. Uh, so uh, what do we need to do instead? Uh, we need to find ways to act differently with respect to the anxiety situations. Uh, and that's going to give you different experiences. And those different experiences, those are going to start to influence your thinking. Uh, but it can't be just, it, it shouldn't be just the thinking. Right. Now that makes sense. Okay. So we have belly breathing. We have, you know, doing the opposite, right? What are a couple other techniques that people can do to implement when they're struggling with anxiety? Uh, well, uh, another good one is to take an inventory of all the safety behaviors uh, that, that you may be deploying in, in an attempt to lead a less anxious life. Uh, so what, what are some of the key safety behaviors? Uh, well, avoidance is one. Uh, somebody who's afraid of driving, guess what? They're going to avoid going out onto the road or maybe on the highway if they're afraid of that particular type of driving. Somebody afraid of elevators, afraid of flying, you name it. The more people avoid the source of their anxiety, that's going to shore up and, and um, make more powerful the anxiety they feel. And so this, this is uh, where the notion of treatment as exposure comes from. I need to go and have practice with the situations, the circumstances that I'm afraid of. I need to let myself get afraid while I'm there and respond differently. That's how I can retrain my brain. If you have a dog uh, that barks at all the bad guys, but also the little kids when they run across your lawn, well, that, that's a dog that needs retraining and your brain is in the same position here. Uh, I need to retrain my brain by getting different experiences. So um, 
noticing all the ways I use avoidance and gradually uh, turning that around. Uh, and another uh, classic form of safety behavior um, is uh, safety objects and safety people. Uh, so with safe by safety people, I mean, you know, many people who, who are afraid, say, of the shopping mall or the elevator find, well, if Harry or Susan comes with me, I can do more. Uh, there's one or two people in my life uh, who, if they accompany me, I feel protected somehow. Now, the safety person typically doesn't do anything to promote your safety. It's just it cheers you up to have them there. Uh, but the more you rely on that safe person, the more you're going to feel dependent and unable to care for yourself. Uh, so just like with the avoidance in general, uh, getting practice, letting go of the, the safety person. Uh, or the safety object, people, there are mi literally millions of different safety objects that, that people bring. Um, uh, cell phones, uh, water bottles have always yeah. been, been common ones, uh, emotional support animals, pictures of the grandkids, um, uh, candies, snack foods, uh, books are common safety objects. Well, of course, my books are an exception. Uh, but <laughs> other, all, all kinds of stuff people carry and, and they have the idea, thank God I had my object. That's how I made it through. Well, if you just got through on the basis of your object, it's gonna naturally occur to you, what if my object's not available the next time? And that's gonna to tend to keep you stuck. Uh, so taking an inventory of all the, the protective ways that you've tried to hold off the anxiety and letting them go so that you can gradually have practice with that anxiety and then your brain is going to come to see, well, wow, that was scary and that was unpleasant. Uh, and yet I didn't run away and I didn't hide and, and I'm still here. Uh, that, that's good. Let's, let's keep doing some more of that. Definitely. Well, thank you so much, Dr. David. I really appreciate you coming on If God Had a Podcast. And I really hope this helps, you know, people that struggle with anxiety on like a daily basis. You know, maybe they have panic attacks or maybe it's just like, little anxiety going into the, the shopping mall or the grocery store, you know? So I am so thankful for you coming on the show today. Um, you can learn more about Dr. David on anxietycoach.com, correct? Yes, that's correct. Yes. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me. These are uh, very, very treatable problems. You know, it's a shame to see people suffer in silence and, and feeling like there's no solutions. Of all the, uh, the issues a mental health professional might see, these are the most treatable. Absolutely. And that's the, the best thing, especially with these anxious times. It's, you know, it's incredible to know that certain things are in your control and you can, you know, try to alleviate them, rewire your brain in a couple of different ways and, and it'll be good. And you can also get your books. They're all on Amazon, but your books are also on anxietycoach.com. Um, the one I want to get first is probably uh, Outsmart Your Anxious Brain in the 10 Simple Ways. Even though we know two of them now, I still think it's going to be a good book. So thank you so much, doctor. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Yeah, take care. Thank you so much for listening to If God Had a Podcast. Be sure to like, subscribe, share. You can reach me at on all of the socials at Pavlina Asta. And until next time, be a better you for a better us. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.